Welcome, fellow wine lovers. This is the Wine Ghost Podcast. I'm Mate Vash, sommelier and seeker of hidden stories behind the wine labels. For wine tasting clips and video interviews with my guests, please look for the Wine Ghost on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But now, please grab a glass and listen to how today's ghost got out of the bottle. After a long break, I proudly present you a podcast that is certainly something else. This time you hear Aaron and Karina from the Pop Wines Winery that makes bi-dynamic, low-intervention garage wines on the northern side of the Lake Balaton in Hungary. We've recorded this podcast on an ancient volcano, the St. George Hill. I've already visited three outstanding winters on this magical hill in 2019, the Benza, Gilvesh and the Sassi Winery. At Pop Vines, we recorded these sequences almost during a whole day at the end of May this year, when we were finally allowed to travel back home again. You will hear that the recordings take place in the vineyards, in the tiny garage-like cellar, as well as in the artistic kitchen after a fabulous vegetarian dinner cooked by Aaron. My friend, an utterly talented photographer and video creator, Cornel Schimann, also accompanied us on this journey and filmed the dreamy landscape around the vineyards and the unique surroundings in and around the house, so expect some memorable image video coming out on our channel soon. Simply follow the Wingo's YouTube and Instagram channel to keep posted, and also to get a glimpse into my Zutirol trip, where I visited five outstanding wineries in two unforgettable days. Cheers, and please listen to Aaron as he introduces his vineyards and farming philosophy from the eastern side of the hill. And that's your oldest vineyard, right? Yeah, this is 45 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, the lower eight rows is uh, Olas Riesling, uh-huh. and the top ten rows is uh, Pinot Noir. Hmm. So it's a little bit uh, a mixed, mixed yard. And that's because it, these are quite old planting. I see these are quite wide, right? quite wide because this uh, originally this was uh, totally conventional worked uh, uh-huh. from, from back of the Soviet times they used to have to put the big Soviet tractors in here sure, yeah. yeah but now you only use handcraft right all hand well we cut the grass with the tractor and spray uh-huh. with the tractor everything was with hand uh-huh. and uh, and we changed the whole yard to bio so we're organically growing organically and spraying organically a bit mm-hmm. biodynamically and uh, <laughs> everywhere this is like a what do you call it a quarry banya so every time i work here i'm pulling rocks out and piling them everywhere mm-hmm. and, and this, this little cellar that belongs to you or? no it would be nice, uh, it would be nice. Yeah. we wanted to but the money situation yeah. it was for sale for many years so so this one was the the olas riesling down there down here is the olas riesling and up here is uh, pinot noir uh-huh. And yeah. the, the Pinot Noir was also like because you said you used to work in Burgundy. For yeah. Here. You you have the you also top grafted it with Burgundy clones or. This is uh, only the replacement grapes which we put in since we've had the yard is put in with Burgundy clones. Uh-huh. At home, everything is planted with Burgundy clones uh-huh. around ah, the house. Ah, that's this there under. All this buckwheat everything below that's the house is all uh-huh. Burgundy clones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, this is. It's mixed with f- five clones, uh-huh. uh, Hungarian clones also, uh-huh. uh, but uh, we've replanted a 
few hundred grapes here, and that's all the Burgundy clones. And I saw that you use a box relish under the house. Yeah. And why? Because I like it. You like yeah, it? Yeah, I you like it. like the quality or you like I the... I like the quality and I like the... I, I don't like to deal with all the wires and everything. Uh-huh. And I like, I like the fact I can walk in between the grapes and work in between without having to uh, climb under wires and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, Okay, it's a little bit more bending work and... Um, Tying. What, what did change be since you are organic? Or you always used to work organically. Right? Always worked organically. Yeah. Always. And now you go for the certification. Or? Now we go for certification. Uh -huh. Yeah. And how is it working? Semi biodynamically, I heard, or completely biodynamically. Uh, we are completely organic, deal, and now we just started with the biodynamics. Uh -huh. Yeah. And wh where did you get the inspiration from to to work biodynamically? I mean, to, organically, we always had, we only always wanted to work organically because mm -hmm. of the, we don't like the impact on the environment and we want to drink clean wine for ourselves. We don't want to drink chemical wine. Mm. Uh, the biodynamics came later. We got some inspiration from other wineries and other winemakers and read a lot of books and um, decided to take the extra step. And it's not so much more. It's not so much more. Mm -hmm. We uh, the difference is instead of spraying with conventional organic sprays, is that we are making teas out of herbs and spraying it with this and the composts and the nettle tea and nettles and tiscafa uh, um, yarrow and horsetail, jolu, and camilla, and... And you always had this affinity for, for teas because you, you've been to India or you just... Nothing to do with India. Nothing to do, nothing to do with India, no, no. But you, you had a great affinity or interest in, in teas yeah. there, right? Yeah, of course. But this is purely teas for, uh, for biodynamics and, and for keeping the grapes clean, basically. Uh, this, this vineyard was in terrible condition when we took it over. It was totally uh, commercially grown uh, vineyard. They were growing per, per vine, maybe five kilos of grapes. Mm -hmm. And we uh, keep it maximum one kilo. And mostly it's 600 to 800 grams. Mm -hmm. And they were growing five kilos on here. You can see we have, for example, one sow vessel here, huh? they would have four or five, they have double wires, two uh -huh. down here, two up here, uh -huh. and the wires used to be up here, and we brought everything down. Uh -huh. So we keep everything compact and workable for the hands, because this was designed for um, big machinery. Okay. So the only thing for us is we have wide rows now, so we have more grass to cut. And you have a lot of topsoil, right? So it, it, yeah. it's a volcano, but it's a unique kind of volcano, right? Because yeah, it's but a quite older one, so the topsoil had some time to develop. Well, to there's always been, because, you know, these volcanoes in this area, Pannonia, they were all undersea volcanoes. Uh -huh. They were all under, it was all underwater. Yeah. So all this is basically silt from under, under the water. I mean, yeah, there's rocks and there's clay and sand, but this was all under, underwater. So this is basically the seabed <laughs> from then, if you like. So 
and how these varieties are working here. So good. All our citizens and Pinot Noir. All our Switzerland is home here. Uh -huh. uh, Pinot Noir was brought here in the 1400s, I think it was, mm -hmm. by monks from Burgundy, uh -huh. together with the Pinot Gris, the Sucrebarat. Mm. It's working very fine here. And here we have it on the east side of the hill. It's a little bit cooler. Pinot Noir likes it a little cooler. Mm -hmm. And all our citizens? All our citizens likes it everywhere. <laughs> It's the, the beauty of the Olas Riesling is the, it's, it's sucking up the minerals from the ground and it's very, it shows St. George Hedge or wherever you're growing it in Shomlu or it's, uh, yeah. And in St. George Hedge you, you have like east facing vineyards and? East and south. East and south. Mm -hmm. okay. So here we're on the east side now. How is it working here? Perfect. But the Pinot Noir is perfect, and the uh, Pinot Gris, it's very good. And do you have, a, because Karina also said that you, you have some Kekneli, or do you want to? We have Kekneli, yes. Uh -huh. That's on the south side, so yeah. below the house, yeah, in the valley. And uh, also Harschlevel, maybe? I heard. Harschlevel is not ours. We buy, we buy the grapes in, uh -huh. but they're biodynamic grapes, uh -huh. yeah. And this year we also get Harschlevel, we buy in grapes from... Uh, Shomlo. Okay. To do something a little different. Uh, I'm not going to replant anymore. Now I've replanted uh, a lot of grapes. I, I don't want to replant mm, new vineyards now anymore. Uh -huh. uh, we have three hectares plus a piece of rented ground as well is enough. And uh, so the, only if I have to replace a vineyard will I put harsh level in if I have to replace with something else. Hmm. But I don't plan to mm, more. plant more, buy more land and plant. But you never know. <laughs> and in terms of uh, like vinification, where do you get the, the inspiration from? From the region or the, the, what, what you learned or what you see in the region? Or do you have your own ideas what, what to do with all the mm. barrels and... Uh, I mean, we learn from I think everyone learns from each other, mm -hmm. but we have our own method. Uh -huh. I, mean, I have a direction and a philosophy, and of course I've learnt it from other people, uh -huh. from other wineries and uh, mm, friends who are winemakers and uh, books. <laughs> <laughs> Experimentation. So, like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a trained winemaker. Uh -huh. I've just done it and uh, fell into it, you can say. So, mm. now we're very much into producing uh, uh, skin contact wines. Okay. So, that's a new direction the last couple of years for us. Yeah. But because of the kind of orange wine trend? Because we like it. You like it. We like it. And all last reason is very good for skin contact. Yeah. It turned out. <laughs> uh, it was the first one. No, it was the second one we made. We made with Circa Barat and with Olas Riesling. But uh, we're not too fond on the term orange wine, but that's what's being used, so we use it. We like amber wine. Amber's what we like. And because uh, the name orange wine doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> 
So we do, uh, on the vines, we keep everything as minimal as possible, really, mm -hmm. you know, so try to keep only four shoots, mm -hmm. six shoots on each each uh, stock, uh, just to, firstly, not to stress the vine too much, and secondly, so we can make a more concentrated quality wine rather than mass production. And what, do you also feel the the volcanic terroir here because I also saw the the great book volcanic wines on the on the table. Yeah. And do you also feel that somehow in the wine or in the vineyards? Oh, definitely. It, so how is it the minerality? Minerality is the the sully and the saltiness. Uh -huh. It's definitely coming out in the in the wines. But there's big arguments about yeah, yeah, min are. minerality and how the wine gets the uh, <laughs> minerals from the rock. For example, if you t pick up a rock and taste it, it tastes of nothing. Yeah. So, but there's something, there's definitely something in it. And different regions which are not volcanic have different uh, minerals. I like to use the term vibration instead of minerality. I think that suits better there. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Vibrate. But it's, it's uh, I don't know, you know, I read so many reports about minerality. We, went, we were part of this gold volcanic uh, collective and there's been a lot of talk about it. Of course, the, uh, the vines, uh, the grapes show minerality from the terroir. And, uh, but, but how, we don't know. Because I don't, think, I don't think rocks taste of anything. But I think it's more the humus, the ground. The... Uh, mm, the fungi in the ground. I think the volcanic, the volcanic terroir gives a different fungi, different uh, uh, humus, different uh, compost uh, in the ground, and that's what we taste, I think. But Karina could probably tell you more about it. About minerality and the flavour in in, uh, in the grapes. Or we can see it, uh, taste it in the salad. Maybe. We could also taste it in the salad, but more the uh, talking about it because. Uh -huh. I was just saying that if, if you lick a rock, it tastes of nothing. So how does that rock give that flavour to the wine? Well, yep, there's a big argument about that. <laughs> so... Yeah, I heard also a lot of, lot of theories about that. And, but we've, and we've tasted a lot of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so... You lick it in the morning, yeah? Because I know you, you moved here from Copenhagen, so if you... If you stand here in the... In facing east to, to this foresty hills but do you, do you also have some kind of feelings when you work here that okay I made a great decision and that's the that's the place I, I fell in love with and pretty much every day mm. yeah pretty much every that's day some, something to fall in love with I think yeah <laughs> when was the first time you were you were here in Sanjay Sanjay yeah. 11 years ago or something 2010 yeah and so you found it on the internet, the property, and mm -hmm. then you you did you didn't know anything about the place, so you had an idea already. Oh. We drove up here one time, drove around. Uh -huh. well, 2010, we drove Nine. up here. Ten. Ten. 2010, we drove up here. Uh -huh. We found well, we found a place, the the Sanjay, basically, mm -hmm. and really fell in love with the place. Actually. Didn't find the house until 
And then you said, okay, that's the place, or did you go also to other places? No, to, no, this is the place. We didn't bother looking at other places. <laughs> we actually were quite lazy when we were looking. But there wasn't really anything to uh, We liked Sendio Cage. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, this is good, so we stay here. Do you think is it your dream life to be a winemaker? It has become. Life, <laughs> it yeah. has become, yeah. You know, it's uh, it became a way of life for us. So it wasn't the original dream, but uh, it was the right decision. And what was the original dream? We actually wanted to come here and make a little bistro or something. Uh huh. But you actually did, or? Well, we did okay. later at home, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So that was the plan. But at that time, we couldn't get any permissions or anything. It was different rules. Mm -hmm. And um, so they wouldn't let us. And I had to go to a, a Sakat school. Uh -huh. I hear one time there was a car turned upside down, huh? Because <laughs> they went. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So we had to go for plan B. Yeah, and it worked out and, you know, we have to say thank you to some friends for helping and everything and showing us the way. Is it kind of a rustic place, no? If you think about it. Yeah. Or after Copenhagen, I would imagine. After Copenhagen, I think pretty much anywhere is rustic. Yeah. <laughs> but we every time I drive here, yeah, I've been growing up on the southern side of Balaton. And every time I, I came here, I always <laughs> one eye is crying, the other one is smiling because uh, there are so many cellars just, you know, full of bunches and kind of collapsed. Yeah. And the other ones, um, you know, some nice people are like you, just come here, found, fell in love with the place and renew everything. And just well. bring new life here. But you, also, you can also see like vineyards which are completely kind of lost lost them way so, so yeah this is so this is two two of our parcels of land or three so this is an old olas wrestling uh -huh. how old are they this one's about 30 years old uh -huh. and we renovated this vineyard as well because it was a completely fucked where we got it really it was producing grapes but it was not in a very good condition so that's also east right this is east. Okay. Here we now we're open to the south. Here, there's Badochon in the background. Mm -hmm. So we get the sun from the south on here all day. Uh -huh. Although the grapes are facing east, uh -huh. we get the south sun uh -huh. pretty much the whole day. Uh, in the evening, we get maybe one hour less sunlight each day, one and a half hours. Of course, the sun goes down over the hill. And you, you also, because Sanjete is typically a more like a white wine country, right? Like white wine place. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. So, do you also have like plans beside Pinot Noir to plant maybe other red varieties? Well, like we, or here we have all red plantation all right. of uh, Bakbu village uh -huh. or bush wines, if you want to call it, or uh gobele style so with this from this we're going to be making small trees this is a new plantation uh -huh. this is the second year 
And this is uh, Cabernet Franc and Merlot and Zweigelt. Okay. Um, and a little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon. This is, so this is the, basically this plantation is a blend of grapes which we make our Bazard Cuvée from, mm -hmm. which you will taste when we get back to the Pinsa. And down here, where you see here, this new plantation here, this is uh, the old Hungarian variety, Lushka. Okay. Lushka, there's not so many plantations in, in the country. So basically we know of four that we know of. But this is uh, Lushka, and it's just planted now this year. In November we planted it. Mm -hmm. And it's just the first shoots are coming now. We just opened it up. Can you tell a little bit about this variety? I'm not so familiar with it. Lushka. Yeah. It's an old, old Hungarian variety. It's red. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's pretty close to Pinot Noir in a way, but a little darker and a little more body than Pinot Noir. It's a little he slightly heavier than Pinot Noir, but it's very close to Pinot Noir, huh? Yeah. Darker Pinot Noir, this, this direction. Yes, uh, fruity, but it, it, it's, it's more with, uh, I think, acidity. There's a different uh, a tone of acidity uh -huh. in Lashka than it is in Pino. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and we're excited. And this would be the first Lashka on volcanic soil. So we're very yeah. excited. Yeah, good selling point. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we got the, the Lashka cuttings from uh, Senteshi Yorska, who's, who has the original Lashka plantation up in Belenza, uh, uh, above Belenza in the hills and uh, yeah and then we made the uh, new stock here locally and uh, planted. And why Lushka? Because I tasted it. I wanted to have a Hungarian variety uh -huh. of red. Um, there's a lot of people doing Kirkfrankos which is Hungarian Austrian variety I think. Uh, then Kadaka in my opinion, it's not the correct place for Kadaka, but maybe maybe it's not for Lushka either, I don't know. Um, but I tasted the variety and I really liked, liked it. I enjoyed it. And we have some friends in the area, neighbors or colleagues, whatever, who are growing uh, Chorkasulu mm -hmm. with good success. Mm -hmm. And Chorkasulu is also, you know, our old Hungarian variety. Mm, and it seems to be having good success on the hill. We like the variety as well, but we decided to do something a little different. So we tried the Lushka and uh, Lushka, yeah, that's from the planting. How, how many varieties do you have? Well, if you, this is a mixed field, yeah. Yeah. so that has four varieties on it. And then we have the Lushka, that's five. We have the Pinot, that's six. We have the Sukabarat, that's seven. We have the Olaf Schrisling, eight. We have the Kikiru, nine. <laughs> And you buy some hash And we buy the hash leather and bought in, yeah. You planted it like a Gemischtesatz, right? So like a field blend. Field blend, yeah, uh -huh. exactly. This is our basalt field blend, yeah. And because I also caught some conversation of what you are doing now, so what do you export in, into Denmark? Do you also see that the people are looking for this kind of lost, or not lost treasures, but yeah. kind of hidden treasures like this place? Yeah, of course they are, yeah. Yeah, and especially now in, in, in Denmark, we're, we're definitely not the first to go to Denmark. There's quite a few people exporting to Denmark, but uh, it's really, the Danish people are very much interested in Hungarian wines now. Why? 
because I think there's become a lot of new winemakers over the last 10 years uh -huh. who have maybe taken a little bit more seriously and gone more the natural direction rather than uh, uh, conventional direction. Uh, I'm not saying that we are totally natural, but uh, we grow naturally and organically. Uh, it's a different mindset in Hungary and uh, there's some very, very good wines coming out of Hungary now. And, you know, I've spoken to some uh, professionals in Denmark and they say over the last five years, Hungary has become very interesting, like mm -hmm. uh, Croatia as well and uh, Slovenia, obviously. And you get tired of Burgundy. <laughs> get tired of Burgundy. And, uh, yeah. I, I was, we actually got given an example. They were saying it was like uh, the interest for Hungarian wines now is like the same as the interest was for Austrian wines six or seven years ago in, uh, in Denmark anyway. That's what we were told. I'm very glad that you didn't mention the price point because I think uh, in the last decades uh, the, one of the selling point of the Hungarian wines was actually that it, the price was lower than the Western yeah. Europeans, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I think today we're kind of quite even on the prices. Yeah. But I think you know the uh, the prices have to be fair and yeah. to, the, to, to what people are are growing and to what wines come out. Uh, I don't actually price my own wines. I normally ask for help from sommeliers and professionals uh -huh. to come and price wines because I don't I haven't got a clue. <laughs> and uh, or, or do you send your wines to? No, I'm mostly Hungarians, and, uh -huh. yeah, people who've been in the business for many years. And, uh -huh. uh, I mean, some some people who are dealing with the export, they recommend prices to us. Yeah. What's good for different markets. And how do these vines match with Indian food or with the Eastern food? Apparently really well. <laughs> I didn't, I'd never have guessed it. No, because I think uh, the, wines, the wines we're producing have quite a good acid inside them. Uh -huh. Uh, especially the Oros Riesling and uh, well, the white varietals, they really pick up on the acid and the acid is really good with the uh, uh -huh. spicy food. Uh -huh. But we don't only make Indian food, but... But mostly Eastern. Now you asked and spicy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah spicy. Yeah. So it's good for spicy food, yeah. The St. Carolus yeah. This is one of my favourite uh, small parcels to work on. I like it here. Yeah. Are you a religious person? No. Not anymore? Or? Never happened. I came from... My father was always quite religious, Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, it's not so much to see in there. Uh, no. You know, I lived in India for a few years and uh, travelled quite a lot. And uh, I actually... Mm, I don't want to say anything wrong, but I actually saw what damage religion done in a lot of places. So and so it's not really for me especially in uh, in asia it's, it's quite terrible the wars of religion I can't. faith is different than religion do you think i think so very much so spirituality and faith is and what's your take on faith faith is a good thing <laughs> faith is a good thing people should have faith Spirituality, faith, beliefs, everyone should have beliefs. I think it's just when it, uh, I think it's just when it gets too... Uh, dogmatic. 
Yeah, I was going to say personal, but it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, dogmatic maybe. Yeah. Please tell me about this etiquette. This uh, label. Label. Huh? Well, we have seventeen here. So this is the this is the the um, uh, artwork before that came. Uh huh. So, you can mm -hmm. so the story is that. Uh, we, when we started, we actually made different labels every year. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see this some one, of them. one there. So very sort of artistic, uh, graphic design, graphic art based. Oh, we throw, I throw them all out. Yeah. And, uh, and then we, we had feedback, like, no, you guys, you've got to be more serious about this. Like, come on, you've got to make your label. Okay. Oh, right, we stopped changing labels, okay. And then I had this uh, idea that um, um, we kind of, you know, we're funky, but we also like classic winery. And we wanted to, uh, I wanted to make a not loud label. Uh, and then we changed the uh, graphic designer and we said, well, you've got to make something a little bolder. So he went full on bold. <laughs> so you can see the still there's the basalt organs, the lens of carpola. But then there's this sort of symbolic representation of uh, pinze, like almost like making fun of uh, chateau style French. <laughs> And then there's the bird, who's a farmer at the end of the day, lying in front lying. of his pincer <laughs> and just like whistling. And yeah, so that's that's the change. So this is seven days on the skin. This has not been uh, keened or anything yet. Uh -huh. It's just on the leaves still. Your keen is sulfury. Sulfur, sorry, yeah. sulfur, sorry. <laughs> Hasn't been sulfured. It's still on the on the leaves. The nose, uh, I think you can fruity, but the taste is completely <laughs> the taste is completely different to what the nose gives. Yeah, but I got uh, got this uh, Hollander already on the nose, and I think that's already in the Hollander. Yeah, Bodza. Bodza. What is Bodza in Elderflower. Elderflower. Yeah. You got elderflower on the nose on this. Yeah. I had. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really get this white flowery and uh, like really yellow flowery nose. It's much more I, I delicate, I think, than maybe some jasmine and it's things like that. Funny this. you say that. I never would have picked. Oh, no? if, if you didn't say it, I would never have picked up. No? Well, I told you I don't. I or the elderflower. Yeah. I see what you mean with elderflower. Yeah, with um, that kind of. But I think it needs time to open up a bit. Yeah, yeah maybe. But, but I mean, it, I haven't, uh, I haven't done anything with it. <laughs> it's went in the barrel. I've been stirring it for the first couple of months, and since but I have on the nose more like um, I wouldn't say mineral. I would say more um, not petroleum either. But I don't know how to describe it. Something mm. on that. Rubber. Yeah, more on the rubber or any, on that direction. I have. I, I when I taste, I, I got rubber, but. You know, my girlfriend usually can tell her, like poems about wines, but and now maybe she's kind of shy, but she she also <laughs> I, I, re I really like her wine description. I can do it that way. <laughs> it has the same kind of lingering kind of acidic profile, I think, but mm -hmm. also your mindset. I don't know if it's really this vibration, but what um, what is plain said. But it's really, I, I didn't pick this kind of petroleum kind of smell, but uh, this kind of rocky mineral, like this really this inorganic element, this had 
Mm-hmm. I think the background. Mm-hmm. So it, I wouldn't say this is really fruit driven either. No. But no. I, I wouldn't say that. But really had this. Uh, what two things came to my mind? This really. But you, when you um, have this apricot skin after my, for example, my grandmother used to uh, make uh, marmalade and what is mm-hmm. uh, yeah. jam, and that this really this quality, this apricot uh, skin quality, mm-hmm. and or this uh, pear skin quality, mm-hmm. this uh, I really got, but without the the harsh tannins. So I wouldn't no. say that it's like an orange wine, an amber wine kind of uh, quality tannins. No. But the, this only the in terms of aromas, this very interesting development hidden this very kind of delicate. But I, I, I with this one, I did did not want to make uh, an orange wine. Mm-hmm. I just wanted some skin contact. Mm-hmm. That's why I did seven days, just to give some tannin and yeah. some... Mm, yeah, some textural elements. Just to do something know? a little yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only, only reason to do something yeah. different. Yeah, but it's not New York, right? <laughs> no, this is uh, 12 or th- 2012 or 13. Mm-hmm. Roughly. What would you eat with it? Yeah. What I eat with it? Ooh, right now, anything. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I eat with it? I pro- I think that some wines are um, used a sit down um, after eating, for uh-huh. example, or in the middle of the day when you're not eating. Mm-hmm. It's more about time with yourself and the wine or time in, with your loved ones with the wine that's to me this i'm not i'm not good at pairing wines um, <laughs> i mean yeah but i was also gonna ask you um, but maybe that's upstairs why why do you choose to make so many vegetarian food or why do you we are vegetarians we are pescatarians uh-huh. oh we eat fish as well yeah, yeah. pescatarians but the restaurant is vegetarian yeah, because uh, I think um, what we tried both of these wines, I think wines in general very hard to pair with vegetarian food. But Basil, maybe next. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. more intense in color, I think. It's a cuvier, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to come in the summer. When you have to come in the summer when we're open. <laughs> That's my favorite yet. Yeah? Yeah. You tried it? Mm hmm. Uh, Basil, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. You know, the fir- first what came to my mind is William's pair. And very very spicy. It's kind of cinnamony, clove kind of things, but not uh, not what you get from oak. But it's really. So this is uh, the the basanite. So this is fifty percent Oras Riesling, fifty surka, uh-huh. and the surka that's in this is not on new oak. Okay. This is in old oak. Okay. But the Oras Riesling was in new. No. No. Also an old oak. I only have in New York, New Oak is the Pinot Noir and the mm. Circa Barat. And I used all the Circa Barat from the New Oak, went into what we tasted first. first. Yeah. yeah. yeah Which one goes best uh, for export markets? <laughs> uh, We're just starting with export. Just starting, but... Uh, Basel. Mm-hmm. The Basel Cuve and the, the Circa Barat, the first mm-hmm. one you tried. In the natural world, the Circa Barat everywhere. Uh, like in yeah. Budapest, in Malu, and they really want the, the Circa Barat. Mm. Uh, <coughs> Pinot Noir. Boros Giant, sorry, Boros Giant, I forgot Boris that. Giant. It's the most wanted one, is the Boros uh, Giant. Everybody wants, goes for Boros Giant first, Basel second, Suka Barat, and then Pinot. That's mm-hmm. 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 This one is Basel Night. Basel Night. So we just. I would go for this one first. Yeah? We yeah. don't give it for export because we sold out of this one. Ah. But this is the type of wine that would sell on our terrace. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Wine. Oh, yes. So I was explaining to Bernie before is with this this wine compared to the Sukkot Barat, mm -hmm. when the tourists to come, and I, I don't mean tourists in a bad way. I mean yeah. tourists that know nothing about wines, not wine yeah. people, just people hiking. Yeah. They would not like the Sukkot Barat at all, yeah. but they would love this one. Yeah. Oh, why? Because I think it's more easy going. Yeah. It's more understandable. Yeah. Because people, uh, a lot of people just want uh, understand, understandable wines they can familiarize with. Yeah. So they, they don't want complexity, they don't want, mm. yeah. we can tell them about containers. I'll give you a taste, panic, yeah. I'll give you a taste of the 18 Circo Barat, which is completely different made. Mm. Completely, this is a super straight press. Uh, well, it had days on the skin, it had days on the skin. Yeah, but it wasn't, uh, we just made it like super, Simple and clean, no, nothing complicated. And this was a. Uh, it's a bestseller. It was the seller. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I, I wouldn't it say because it's the best wine, okay. but it's the bestseller. Everyone could. Everybody loved it. Oh, this one. No, the, uh, the 18 circuit bar. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's pink in color. Oh, look how beautiful it is. Oh, it's like a dance. Oh, yeah. But how long can you age a circuit Yes. We, we've had it from yes. 2016. No. Well, not us. Not us, no. no. Uh, for no, we like had from 2010. Nine. Nine, was it? Nine. Okay. We've had Sukhabara from 2009 from St. Jose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not all bottles were good, mm -hmm. but those that were good were... But mm. it's an age of all. Mm. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Especially if you do it with a little bit of skin contact. Mm -hmm. This has this really kind of crushed or fermented kind of aftertaste, no? Yeah. It's kind of yeasty almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to think what what would go well maybe also in the restaurant. You know, what what kind of people would would drink this kind of wine? Or how could could you sell it? Because it's also. I think white wines are very rare to find, which has a great texture and this really inorganic element without being too intellectual, so to say. Mm. And this this has a really rich and developing taste. So I think that would this wine would go well with a lot of food because. It would complement a lot of food, mm -hmm. I think, and that's kind of almost n not neutral, but not overly aromatic mm -hmm. wine. And that if you give some extra spices or extra flavors, it can really blossom. And mm -hmm. but it, it, I, I was actually quite curious how long the aftertaste is mm -hmm. or how developing the aromas are. And this has really at least two, three layers, I think, after you swallow it, and it really mm -hmm. stays but without the taste of oak or, or tannin, right? Yeah. So it's not heavy, the wine, but still has enough, yeah, enough consistency or enough enough weight to to, to kind of sit on your palate and then mm -hmm. develop. Some but I think also because it's on neutral barrels, yeah. so... Oh, I'm, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I'm glad you're not sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you a straight Olas Riesling if you want. Mm. It's not finished. I've just taken it off the barrel. It's just uh, settling now mm -hmm. um, in the tank. I'm planning to bottle it in two weeks. You always use spontaneous fermentation? Uh, we started in 18. It's okay. It's okay, Bernard. Okay. Started in 18. No, the first spontaneous we did was 17 with the Suka Barat. It wasn't the best. Wasn't the best, but then um, Why not? It, didn't finish or the aroma it stopped. And then afterwards, it had the, oh, a little bit of funky aroma. So the 17 circuit bar, that was the first spontaneous that I did. Yeah. And it, got, it was kind of a bit.
We sold it all and people seem to like it and that, but it, it stuck and started and stuck and started. It's like one of how, how much alcohol does this? How many alcohol? Does this is 13. Yeah. And all your vines are. 12 and a half, 13, 12, 13. This is, this is, this is 13. The is 13. The Olas Riesling was 12 and a half. Mm. All the orange rinds are 12 and a half. The only one we made big was the, again, the 17, <laughs> again, the 17 Sukabarat, which was 14. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's why we had problems with stuck fermentation and stuff, because the alcohols. And we made a, uh, we made a, a Pinot Noir in 15 that was also 14, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it matches really well with this kind of texture, I would say, because it has really the weight and so I feel that it has alcohol so it's not 11 or something no but it doesn't stick out yeah. so it's no it's very it's, it's not so often that it happens with spontaneous fermentation I think that it's so so well balanced the alcohol and tannin and the acidity so but I would actually rather pair it I mean you are flexitarian but I would actually rather pair it with white meat white meat yeah. mm -hmm. like with chicken or with, with somebody else said that Somebody else said that. That's good. I'll make some chicory wash or them. Yeah. <laughs> Chickpea. That's all. Yeah. Chicken. It's full of protein. <laughs> um, before we go off, should we have a the uh, hush? Just a little taste of hush leveler. We can taste some hush leveler. I would like to hear your feedback on yeah. the hush leveler. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but that's the grapes you buy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is seven days on the skins. This has not been uh, keened or anything yet. Uh -huh. It's just on the leaves still. Keen is sulfury. Sulfur, sorry, <laughs> sulfur, sorry. It hasn't been sulfured. It's still on the on the leaves. The nose, uh, I think you can... Fruity, but the taste is completely, <laughs> the taste is completely different to what the nose gives. Yeah, but I got uh, got this uh, Hollander already on the nose, and I think that's all it's in the... Hollander? Yeah. Um, Bodza. Bodza. What is Bodza in Elderflower. Elderflower, yeah. You got yeah. Elderflower in the nose on this? Yeah, I had. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I really get this white flowery and, uh, like, really yellow flowery nose. It's much more I, I delicate, I think. Then there may be some jasmine and it's things like that. funny this. you say that. I never would have picked oh, no? if, if you didn't say it, I would never have picked up. No. Uh, I told you, I don't... No. I, or the elderflower. Yeah. I see what you mean with elderflower. Yeah, with um, that kind of... Uh -huh. But I think it needs time to open up a bit. Yeah, yeah maybe. But, but I mean, it, I haven't uh, I haven't done anything with it. <laughs> it's went in a barrel. I've been stirring it for the first couple of months and since but it's... I have on the nose more like, um, I wouldn't say mineral, I would say more, um, not petroleum either, but I don't know how to describe it, something mm. on that. Rubber? Yeah, more on the rubber or anything, on that direction I have. I, I, when I taste it, I, I got rubber, but... You know, my girlfriend usually can tell uh, like poems about wines, but... And now maybe she's kind of shy, but she she also <laughs> I, I, re smell? I really like her wine description. It has the same kind of 
lingering kind of acidic profile i think but mm-hmm. also your mindset i don't know if it's really this vibration but but um but this plain said but it's really i i didn't pick this kind of petroleum kind of smell but the this kind of rocky mineral can like this really this inorganic element this had the, mm-hmm. i think the background mm-hmm. so it, i wouldn't say this is really fruit driven either no but no. I, I wouldn't say that but really had this uh, what two things came to my mind is when you have this apricot skin after my for example my grandmother used to uh, make uh, marmalade and what is mm-hmm. uh, yeah. jam and that this really this quality this apricot uh, skin quality mm-hmm. and or this uh, pear skin quality mm-hmm. this uh, i really got but without the, the harsh tannins so i wouldn't ah. say that it's like an orange wine or an amber wine kind of uh, quality tannins no. but this only the in terms of aromas this very interesting development hidden this very kind of delicate but i i, I with this one i did did not want to make uh, an orange wine mm-hmm. i just wanted some skin contact mm-hmm. that's why i did seven days just to give some tannin and yeah. some mm, yeah some texture elements, just to do know? something a little yeah. different yeah yeah <laughs> only only reason to do something yeah. different yeah but it's not new york right <laughs> no this is uh 12 or th- 2012 or 13 mm-hmm. Roughly. Is it was it natural to you actually in the garage or is it, is it, well, it just so. just kind of came? It was uh, small amounts, high quality. Yeah, and uh, experimental. Experimental, yeah. Those are the three factors that makes it in the garage, at uh-huh. least the way we have understood the concept. Uh-huh. Uh, because yeah. it originated in France, right? Yeah. yeah. We're in a, a sort of more classical wine region. Some. I suppose youngsters, <laughs> they started uh, making wines in a more experimental ways, not not following the traditional. Yeah, they went against the grain. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. And basically, we're also trying to do this, uh, experimenting in different ways of working with the grapes. Yeah, and you, like you already, we already been to the, been to the cellar. So what, what, what do you think, is really defining then the Sanjay type? Or what it, what is really then the concept behind also your wine? So what what makes this terroir unique? Or what do you think? I mean, the Saint George Hedge is it's the terroir. It's the volcanic. It's the it's the volcano. It's the uh, thousands and millions of years of ground being built up, and that's what we're seeing in the wines mm-hmm. today. So yeah, but you have uh, like a. Uh classical known volcanoes like uh, Etna or Vesuvius or other volcanoes mm. uh, obviously in Latin America as well they are um, uh, younger volcanoes so uh, they, they were actually they appeared geologically uh, uh, years later mm-hmm. or even some millions years later than for example Saint George Hedge and um, also they are uh, sometimes uh, still uh, well most of the time they are still uh, functioning as volcanoes active mm-hmm. active thank you <laughs> I couldn't remember the word <laughs> so they, they are active as volcanoes and so they're uh, they don't have soil sediment so topsoil sediment it would not be existent in those uh-huh. type of uh, uh, but also because uh, St. George Haiti was an undersea volcano yeah which uh-huh. makes it again different yeah so the whole the whole region the Pannonia is mm-hmm. the Pannonian Sea so mm-hmm. uh, I think even as far up as Tokai has mm-hmm. all the volcanoes were under the ground mm-hmm. uh, under the water Mm-hmm. So that's why basically 
feel this because we are drinking this Bazaar, which is basically a Bordeaux blend, right? With a yeah. little bit of Zweigert. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bordeaux so, with a twist. And we have Bordeaux with a twist. <laughs> and so, on a volcano. <laughs> so that's why we also talked about this vibration, maybe that the wine has, mm-hmm. this minerality, or how you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I think all, all your wines had it, and that's... Uh, and maybe, as you said, maybe more of a vibration than a, than the minerality because of the the argument of where the minerals come from or the yeah minerality in wine as a yeah. as a, something de- de- detectable on a palate mm. yeah. uh, that of course is still very theoretical yeah but you also i think we also detected we we had the chance to spend a, some time here or a couple of hours here, and i think that's also in the place, this kind of vibration when when you get here, it's a very different feeling. Probably that's what you that's what brought you here, right? Kind of get out of the red face yeah. and feel this vibration. Well, I think Saint Jude has quite a magical feeling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, we visited other hills mm. and uh, volcanoes, and none of them has been somewhere we wanted to settle. And this mm. had a magical feeling. It's almost like a magnet that attracts us. Yeah. Mm. Each time we go away, it's when we when we return. Each time it's like, oh, we're home. <laughs> it's it's true. It's phys- yeah. It's physical. You, yeah. you you kind of it's yeah. It's physical. It truly mm. is. And it doesn't affect everybody. No, that is I think the, the hill actually frightens some people away. Yeah. Why? Uh, or like a, almost like a mag- magnetic uh, uh, opposite poles. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think some people come here. They want to make a home here or something. And they end up leaving after a very short time, mm. even though they've bought a property. They come here for the beauty, but they can't spend time here for some reason. So, yeah. We don't want to sound Faith, esoteric. Fatal attraction. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or some people transfer this vibration into the wine. So. Well, yes. Or into into the gardens or the dishes that you, that you experimentally create for the people. So I think. All of your, all of your dishes or all of your products have this kind of experimental vibration. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we just, yeah, we're just doing what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> but we also we're... devote everything to what we do. Yeah, like if, yeah. If, yeah, if we decide to do something, we we really give it everything we've got to it. Mm. It's um, it's a pure devotion. Yeah, <laughs> and everything's so original. So, like in your home, I think every everything tells a story, and we just said to you that okay, we. It would be nice to cook something, and then it took you maybe thirty minutes, and you you put something magical together with some <laughs> with some with some unique spices. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Matches well with these volcanic vines. So really, thank thank you very much. It was a great experience, and thank you. Thank you for coming. A, I hope to see a lot of guests here on the terrace. We hope. Yeah, from from this May on. Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we hope okay. to see you in the summer as well. Me too. When you Me can too. experience the, the vibe. Me too. Me too. Me too. Did you like this episode and want to hear more? Then please leave your rating on iTunes under the channels page that will help others to find this content in the deep sea of podcasts available. Please consider supporting the quality improvement of the content on the Vango's Patreon side via the link in the description where you can get exclusive access to a number of things by donating a few euros or dollars a month. Like my guest list in advance, you can also ask questions from the guests, an invitation-only monthly roundup, a hidden fee of interesting wine content and much more. 
You could also recommend me new guests or just get in contact via the email address in the description or contact me on the Bangos Instagram or Facebook site directly. Believe me, I don't bite. See you soon and keep on enjoying the ghosts.